Okay, I have a friend at work. Her name's Taylor. She says that if her boyfriend spoke to her the way I speak <laughs> towards Sabrina, she, she would cry on a daily basis. <laughs> oh my god! But if, here's the thing: it's just all love, man. Like that's just our love language. We were in the mall a couple weeks ago, and we were eating in the food court, and we got done, and. I looked at Madison and that, like, this is just how we joke with each other just on a normal basis. But I just, my brain had slipped and I kind of forgot that we were in public. <laughs> so I was like, all right, bitch, get your food and get the fuck oh, up. Oh no. And like the family or not family, it was, it was two adults. Um, they were sitting that were sitting like relatively close to us, like close enough to, to be in, in ear distance, but, or hearing distance, but like not right next to us. The looks I got from that fucking couple were unbelievable. That dude looked like he was ready to jump up and clock my shit out. <laughs> and I'm like, that's sorry. Like, that's that's just how we are with each other. That's how we are on a daily oh basis. My God. But see, people would hear that and then probably assume that we don't have a happy marriage. But we do. I mean, yeah. I, I think we do. It's, it's all jokes, right? Like, does does Madison laugh at it? Uh, sometimes. Okay, then I wouldn't say it's entirely healthy. <laughs> it, it depends. It just depends on where we're at when I do it. Okay, so in the middle of the food court, that wasn't a good time. No, no, not a good time. Question, were your kids there? No. Okay, that's it was acceptable. No. That's fine. Where Even when we do go? joke like that, we don't joke like that in front of the kids. I don't want my daughter to hear me calling her fucking mother a bitch. I mean, it depends on the context, though, right? But anyway, yeah. where were the kids at in that situation? Uh, I think they were with my mom that night. Oh. Isn't yeah. she the crazy one? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. They're all crazy. Yeah. Women or just his mom? No, all, all of the parents in all of these oh. situations. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yes. Oh. Both, both mine and Madison's are kind of off the rocker a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? In-laws, am I right? I couldn't tell you. Oh, well. Uh, but you know who could tell you? Mr. Justin Ruiz, who just got married. So congrats oh, to him. Oh, yeah. Congrats to that guy. Yeah. Congrats S- to old Sitting Bruce. in Hawaii having the I worst his, time of his uh, fucking life. Hope his wife actually has in-laws, or else that's a little awkward. Because uh, they could be dead, like Austin's dad and my dad. And Kayla's dad. And Kay- you know what? Hey, I was avoiding that, but... That one seemed a little too fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the R's were like years ago. (laughs) Yeah, my trauma is still kind of, you know, it's under the surface, but it's there. Hers might be a little little fresh. She does joke about it, though. Oh, sweet. Okay, perfectly fine then. (laughs) Fuck her dad. (laughs) Oh, oh, I don't know about that. Nope. It's too late. (laughs) You open the gates. I've heard her say a few (laughs) jokes here and there, and I'm just like, oh, my God. What do I do? But then I realized that I also do that to people. Yeah, same. I, I try to make it uncomfortable. That makes me more comfortable with the trauma. Madison, uh, one of Madison's best friend, her uh, her mom also uh, unalived herself. <laughs> Hers was fucking wild, though. That was a wild fucking story. But uh, we, we went to see uh, Endgame together. And... Uh, Fuck what uh the the scene where Tony hugs his dad like when they're back in time or whatever. Uh or no, when Thor Thor hugged his mom first and she kind of leaned into me, she was like, "Damn, that must be nice." 
Oh, shit. So then when That's... Tony hugged his dad, I leaned into her, and I was like, God damn, that must be nice, huh? <laughs> If that's how you get along with your trauma, yeah. that's okay. We uh, we make it a point to make at least one joke about our suicide parents at least once every time we see each other. It's a fun time. It's great suicide to make everybody parents. in the room uncomfortable. That sounds like a really shitty fucking sequel to Suicide Squad. I was going <laughs> to say it sounds like a really fucking awesome anime. Oh. Honestly, yeah, probably. Or, you know, like a fucking band name. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty rad. I mean, we have bucket of afterbirth. What suicide oh. parents aren't isn't too far. <sighs> this motherfucker said bucket of afterbirth. Hey, bro, you guys ever I'm seen afterbirth? Know. It's gross. There's a there comes a time where I just kind of recede out of the intro. This is that time. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to talk about the recently revealed Elden Ring footage as our topic of the show, as well as our thoughts on some video games, media, and our picks of the week. I am, of course, your host. The one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined as almost always by my two co-hosts, Dylan Miyazaki Rules Martin and Austin What Are Souls Stevens. <laughs> How's it going today, guys? I was wondering if you were going to do Dylan George R.R. Martin for this one. Oh, I should have done that one. That would have yeah, been a good... It's okay. I like, uh, I like Austin's because that's pretty... Accurate. Uh, relevant. Yeah. Yeah. You've you've played a thing or two. You know them. I've played Demon Souls, yeah. Yeah. On the PS5 or the original? No, the PS5. Okay. See, yeah. that's wasn't relevant. a fun time. All right. Well, did you at least watch the trailer? <laughs> I did. I did. The demo. Okay. Mm, did you scam through it or did you watch it? <laughs> um... <laughs> well, I'm watching it right now, if that makes it any better. Oh, yeah. So no better time like, you know, the, like the, the recording. Present, am I right? <laughs> right. No, for real. I did, I did uh, watch a good, probably most of it uh, right when you sent it to me. I just got busy. Okay. So, I kind of believe that. I, I mean, I don't care if you do or not. It's not my <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll see how much uh, your, your uh, ret- memory retention comes into play here in about 30 minutes. Well, we shouldn't do that because it's bad. Stop Very. smoking the uh, uh, reefer. <coughs> smoking too. That's what's happening now. Oh uh, no! I was um, twenty minutes late on that one. Oh uh, man, I was eating raspberries and one got caught in my throat hole. Is that why uh, you're so raspy? <laughs> yeah, I think so. That oh, would God. that would explain it. That was so good. Oh man. Um, what are we doing? What are we doing with ourselves? Uh, I'll tell you what I did. Last night with Kayla. Oh. We watched Werewolves Within. Okay. Um, so for the uninitiated, Werewolves Within is a 
2021 horror comedy that is based on the Ubisoft VR game of the same name. Um, and basically the premise of that game is that you sit in a circle, uh, with other people playing VR. I, I think that it's technically like automated. I don't think it, that it's actually a, um, uh, like multiplayer game. Um, I have no idea cause I've never owned a VR headset or anything like that. But, um, I think that, 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 uh, <clears throat> it's not multiplayer. Anyway, the premise of the game is that basically you're sitting around a circle, uh, and one of you is a werewolf and you have to, uh, make it through the night basically um and figure out who the werewolf is that sort of thing uh so yeah this movie is sort of like that it's like a murder mystery type deal um set in a very snowy like mountain town and uh it starts off real cute i really liked the kind of like opening of this movie. I thought it was like really fun and charming. And, uh, it, <laughs> it, I don't want to say it doesn't stay that way. Cause there are still parts of it that like are fun and charming, but I feel like it gets too cute with, with that stuff as in like, it's too like charming and, and, and like it's trying too hard. That's probably the best way to put it is that it, it feels like the entire rest of the movie is trying to match the, like the beginning of the movie in terms of like the output of charm and like endearingness, if that makes sense. Um, but so it follows, uh, Sam Richardson. Uh, he is the new, like, sort of like, uh, I, what are those people called that like watch over like national forest and shit? Um, uh, na- fuck like nature rangers. Yeah. Rangers, rangers would be one of them. I was thinking of like a conservationist or something like that, but yeah, rangers are the, the government people. Yeah, okay. So he's he's the the new version of that for this town. And uh he comes in and is immediately kind of off put by like everyone who he's staying in the hotel with and he meets up with this nice little um male girl who is actually played by the AT&T girl from the commercials. Um mm. yeah. And uh <clears throat> eventually Nighttime falls and like some stuff start happen, some things start happening around town, and they all hold up in the hotel in order to try to kind of like survive through the night. And what they don't know is that in their midst is a werewolf. Um, so yeah, I wanted really badly to like love this movie because I, I do think that the technical craft here, like, like some of the shots and the uses of color and like even the acting is kind of surprisingly good. Um, I wanted to like this movie way more than I did. I, I, I liked it enough, but it was one of those movies that like, I think if the script wasn't so up its own ass, I think it could have been something great. 
Uh, because th- the problem that like I had with the script in particular is that like it starts it starts relatively subtle with the way that it's handling like it's very obvious that like this town like the people within this town all have like problems with one another because they're all like I mean it's it's a community everybody's going to have problems with someone else within a in a community that's just the way that you know society works unfortunately um and it starts off really I don't want to say subtle because it's not necessarily the most subtle, but like when you get like 30 minutes into the movie, it becomes like almost like a caricature. Like all of these characters are like how, like I hate to say this, but like how liberals see themselves or don't see themselves sort of thing. Like the, like the good characters in here are like the, the, the like affluent rich gay couple. And it's like, um, okay. And then like the, the other people in the town are like these like redneck, like the, they're all just caricatures. Like none of these people feel like real people. And at, that annoys me, especially when you're trying to do some sort of like social commentary, because when you like start, when you start doing social commentary, if all of your characters just feel like fucking cartoons, then you're, it's not, you're not doing satire correctly. I don't think, I think that what you're doing is you're making a fucking cartoon. And in this instance, it just did not fucking work for me. And I, later on some of the stuff like gets really predictable. Like, uh, I don't know if uh, I'm going to spoil this. So if you're mildly interested by my like soft recommendation, then, you know, I'll put the time stamps or whatever, but like the end of the movie, it is revealed that the, the nice little, um, like male girl who has been the warden or ranger or whatever has been his kind of like love interest the entire time is the werewolf. And like, I saw that shit coming literally like a million miles away. And for a murder mystery, (laughs) you probably shouldn't have that happen. Like I didn't think that there was any sort of doubt like placed in my mind whatsoever that, she was the werewolf. She was the one orchestrating everything. And it just like that fucking sucks, man. Like it, it would be like if scream, I was like, if I was watching scream and immediately knew it was fucking Billy, you know what I mean? It would just ruin the entire experience for me. Um, sorry for people who haven't seen a movie that was released in 1996. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think that there is a surprisingly good amount of stuff in here. Um, like I really do think that the, the craft, like the actual filmmaking is good, but the script just does this movie such a disservice and it's, it's very disappointing. Um, yeah, I find it, 
out of everything about this movie I'm reading, I find it most entertaining that it was written by someone with the last name of Wolf. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I was looking through the cast, so the only person I recognize is Cheyenne Jackson, and I just recognize him from uh, American Horror Story. Yeah, uh, he's one of the uh, the rich, affluent gay men. Um, uh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, it's actually it's really cool because he's with uh, Guillermo from um, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Uh, Harvey Guillen, I think is his last name. Yeah. Uh, and the, I mean, well, the cast is really good all the way around. Like, I think everyone in the movie is really like they're on their a game. They're giving the material all that they can, but like the material's just bad. <laughs> like, I'm like, you wasted these really good actors. Like even AT&T girl who I was like, she's only ever done commercials. I bet she's horrible. She was really good. I was like really surprised. She's really giving it her all. And it just, it sucks, especially with Sam Richardson, because he's so, so funny in everything I've ever seen him in. Like, he's in Promising Young Woman. He's in um, I Think You Should Leave. Like, it, he's in, like, a ton of things. Uh, Detroiters, I think, is the name of uh, another show he's in. And he's just, he's so funny. And he really tries his hardest in this to like make stuff work and it just doesn't. Yeah. I was, I was looking at everything he's been in. I, I recognize the name. Now I understand why. Um, yeah. He's in been everything, <laughs> literally everything. He's even if it's just a couple of things, like he was even in, um, the office for a little bit for six episodes as someone in there. I don't remember that. That's interesting. Okay. It is. I don't remember the character that he played right offhand, but I think it was in the last season, so I'll watch out for it too. Mm. He might have Anyways, been one of so those dude, it, like right? interns or whatever. Yeah, uh, something. Uh, so I I liked parts of it, and I I think that it could be a fun time for some people, but it wasn't for me. Um, so certified rotten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Austin. Yo, yo, yo. You've been reading manga? Don't know why I said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just Naruto. Uh, I've been reading a lot of it. I'm on, I think I'm in like the 350s. Shit. That and, is a lot of chapters. God yeah, damn. It's uh, seven. Uh, the total is 700 chapters. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Like halfway Didn't, through? weren't you on, on like 50 something last week? Yeah. And now you're on 350? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> so... God damn. Naruto, like, the chapters are very short. Um, you know, a lot of manga chapter, Like, Attack on Titan's really bad about it. Like, Attack on Titan is only, like, 139 chapters, but, like, each chapter of Attack on Titan is, like, 60-plus pages long. Like, they're very long chapters uh, for manga. But then Naruto, most chapters are like 20 pages. So like like a chapter really takes me probably about five minutes to get through. Like they're very, very quick. Um, but I, I've been really enjoying the manga much more than I've ever enjoyed the fucking anime. They are just way more descriptive and they go into more detail. They're, there's a lot more world building. Um, 
like the uh, the the area between the time skip, um, like right where the original Naruto ends and Naruto Shippuden picks up. Instead of going straight to the first Shippuden arc, it actually gives backstory on uh, Kakashi and that whole situation. And like we, like the anime viewers, didn't get that backstory until like right when Naruto was like in in its final arc. They waited all for whatever fucking reason. They waited until literally the last fucking season to give that backstory when it would have made the whole story of the Akatsuki make way more fucking sense if they had done it years prior. Um, but yeah, it, it's super, super good. I I would say I'd have it finished by next week, but I with all the games coming out, I highly fucking doubt it. So, but I don't know. We'll see. That's literally all I've done in my downtime. I mean, it's not all you've done in your downtime. Uh, I'm... I played a few games here and there. Yeah. But as far as media wise, that's all I've done. Okay. That's, that's the only thing you've consumed. Yeah. It's been great though. Um, Super fun. That's actually more than I've done. I've, (laughs) I've watched nothing. I've read nothing. It's, I've played a lot. Um, but between work and video games, I've done next to nothing. Oh, damn. Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't have really any media to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. But Austin, you said, well, you've been saying that you you really don't have anything to say on this podcast, right? Correct. What if I could, what if I had something for you to talk about for a second? Okay. As of the day that the patrons get to listen to this podcast, we will be a week away from Diamond and Pearl. That is very true. Yep. Uh, so my pl- my placeholder here in the docket is uh, placeholder. Um, what did I say? Placeholder. Oh, placeholder to annoy Josh with Pokemon for talk. a few minutes. Oh, for <laughs> talk. Yeah, talk for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, we can do that. A bitch. I know. I'm sorry. No, but it's it's so it's so close, and we've had a lot of. Leaks and leaks that have turned out to be true. Juicy, juicy shit. And some not so juicy shit, like stuff that I'm not happy about, like the EXP <laughs> share and stuff. Yeah. That's <laughs> a bummer. Yeah. yeah so, so go ahead. Let me ask you guys something. All right. Because this is this is something that has came up or come up uh, in all kinds of circles that I have ever been privy to in terms of like Pokemon. Uh-huh. All right. What is the big problem to you guys specifically mm-hmm. with XP share? Because in my mind, I underst- I think it is something that actually makes the game way more fucking accessible. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's 100% accurate. It makes it way more accessible. Um, to the veteran players, it makes it way too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, way too easy like there's no sense in me developing any kind of relationship with the other five pokemon on my team because my one pokemon can do all the work and everything else can just level up like i don't feel the the need to switch in and out to make sure that xyz pokemon is getting uh experience that i'm spending time with it like i can just have the exp share on at all times and everyone's leveled up and the only thing i have to worry about is switching out for a type advantage whenever i see an opposing pokemon coming up that um you know 
that I just need to prepare for in battle or something like that. So EXP share on at all times to veteran players, it's like great. Like we, that's a part of the whole process of Pokemon, at least for us growing up, was that we got to develop um, relationships with the Pokemon, invest time into them, um, and spend that extra time in the game to get better and stuff like that. But now it's just like, it's straight, it's very accessible, but it's also too handholdy for people like us who have grown accustomed to an older formula that actually made you work for the results instead of just handing it to you on a silver platter. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, th- now, I think. Go uh, ahead. So I, I understand, like, I kind of hate the fact that it does make the game super fucking easy. Um, but from a competitive, from, like from a competitive player's standpoint, it also tremendously makes everything so much fucking easier because I can, I can literally just fill up a fucking party with, I like I can pick Pokemon that I want to, I want to make a build out of. I can breed them for the stats that I want real quick. And then I can just make a party of five, go through the fucking elite four real quick with an overleveled powerhouse fucking starter. And I can finish my team building a, building a competitive play team relatively fucking quickly. And it sucks because a part of the, like, we're super excited for Diamond and Pearl. We have been for a long time. Um, And a part of that is because Diamond and Pearl was extremely challenging. I think Cynthia is the hardest Elite Four member, or or not even Elite Four, but champion that exists out of every single game and generation. She's the hardest. I think she's the hardest character in general. Yeah, and and that could very well be. Um, But now it's like that same level of difficulty is not there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but the way, to mitig- the way to mitigate that would be to at least allow us to toggle it to be on or off. Yeah, for like, sure. Um, it used to be a held item. Like, there are ways to go about it. Yeah. To appease both sides. But then they're they not focused. Stay not doing it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I will say that from what we have seen so far in the last couple of days, um, because I, I I mean if you're not if anyone's not aware some fucking how it happens every goddamn year but some fucking how uh, a, a lot of copies ended up getting sent out early or people some fucking how got their hands on early copies the game's been data mined dumped on Reddit and 4chan it's fuck you can go online and download a fucking ROM for it already um so if I mean if you don't want to hear this fucking skip ahead I guess if you want to retain a little bit of excitement um. I, I'm not really too concerned about the EXP share this time around because from what I have seen and what people have shown in the data mines is the AI in this game is going to be a lot more fucking competent than it probably has been since black and white. Um, like I think the, from the battle that I saw, the uh, like the steel type gym leader actually runs a pretty well like trick room plan. And that's fucking nuts because gym leaders don't do that shit anymore. So and, and apparently uh, Cynthia is actually still just as hard. The way her AI plays is made to balance out the fact that you're probably going to be about 10 levels over leveled because of the EXP share. So I'm not too worried about it this time around. We'll see. I don't know. I have my reservations about that, but everything else I'm pretty excited for. Mm-hmm. For sure. Josh, did you have a follow up question? 
No, I was just going to say uh, earlier, I, I mean, it's not relevant now because um, <clears throat> we've kind of moved past it, but like with, with the EXP share, like that's something that like I actually do enjoy because it cuts down on the grind for me. I mean, I don't really play Pokemon games anymore, but if I did, like that would be, that yeah. would actually be a selling point to me because do I used to play fucking red, white, not red, white. What the fuck? Um, I, <laughs> red, white, and blue. I literally, yeah. that's what I was about to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Red, blue, gold, silver, like all of those. I would like fucking just grind and grind and grind and grind. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not a kid anymore. I don't have that sort of time. Like, I, yeah. I don't have the, the, not only do I not have that sort of time, but it's not necessarily how I would like to spend my time, even if I did have it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do understand what you're saying with like the, um, like building the relationships with the Pokemon, because like I did get connected with my team when I was playing those games. Like I was the trainer and these were, this was my fucking team. Yeah, but, for sure. Like, at, looking back at it now it's like god damn you wasted so much fucking time you know what i mean mm-hmm. I, yeah i do think the under the other utter the other benefit to uh to having the exp share too is uh gen 4 in gen 4 in specific as a whole had a really bad problem with uh level curves and balancing and it like like i think for heart gold and soul silver like you're coming up on the champion. They're like 10 levels higher than you. But then when you get to victory road, the Pokemon you're fighting are like 20 levels below you. So you end up spending three times as much uh, time as usual, just grinding, just trying to get matched up. But, and so the EXP share kind of fixes that and balances that out. But it also lets you make adjustments to your team a little easier. Like, you know, you've spent hours and hours and hours grinding the same Pokemon, only for you to go into the next route over and find a Pokemon that you feel will be a better fit than your team. But then you're like, fuck, I just wasted all this time grinding. So with the EXP share, you can kind of play around a little bit and, you know, get to use Pokemon that you probably wouldn't have ever thought to originally use. Yeah, it comes with its benefits. um, But ultimately it comes back to just, I want to be able to switch it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that Um, it should. I definitely do think that it should be a choice. Absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of backwards, but whatever. Outside of that, I mean, there's a couple of other complaints that I've had um, from the new set of trailers and just information we've got. Uh, we've gotten Austin and I were talking about one earlier where if you go into the, the, you know, the revamped underground now, you can find different Pokemon wandering around in the overworld. And they do not, if you see one, there is no way for you to distinguish whether or not it is a shiny Pokemon until you like touch it and encounter it. Um, I think that's and that so super dumb. sucks. It is dumb because you could pass a thousand and never know. And I just don't like, we were talking about this too. Pokemon, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee for as much grief as the game gets. It did so much, right? It was absolutely beautiful. They had the mechanics on point. And stuff like that, like the shinies would appear in the overworld as you were chaining for them or looking for them or whatever. And as soon as they'd pop up, they'd sparkle. Mm. It was great. And I don't understand how we've regressed from that. Like if Pokemon are going to be in the overworld, 
that's a huge part of Pokemon now, a shiny Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So the sprites, it can't be that hard. There's no fucking way. Well, see, the thing that gets me the most is it's confirmed that, um, like, it's shown off in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler that, uh, you know, you can pick any Pokemon on your team to follow you, and that has its own benefits or whatever. But uh, from the data mine, it's proven that when that if you have a shiny Pokemon on your team and you have it follow you, it's shiny. So that tells me their shiny overworld sprite is already programmed into the fucking game in the first place. Which is more infuriating because yeah. it's there. So fucking use it so we don't yeah. have to always worry about the 10 Pokemon that are on the screen, but we click one. It's not a shiny, but then another one despawns because we didn't get the chance to click it and it was a shiny. It's just but that's something that's frustrating. I will say that um, we, we've we also been uh, discovered that uh, there is going to be a day one patch that will take the actual game on the cartridge from four gigabytes to eight gigabytes. And uh, so, I mean, that that could very well be a thing that for some reason was left off the cartridge and will be patched in. Um, I know that the patch is mainly going to focus on giving players access to uh, more of the underground, giving them access to the battle tower. It's also going to add in the... Uh, intro movie in the actual menu it's kind of funny that the cartridges are floating around now actually don't have that for whatever fucking reason and they have no in-game cutscenes either all of that is going to be patched in is going to be added in with the day one patch so i mean that that is very well something that could be added in as well and that's just something that's nobody that's where we're at now we're uh, it's kind of frustrating that uh, it's sword and shield too like we're in the age where you can introduce things through a patch and they still don't do the stuff that is quality of life. They won't do it. So I hope that this changes that. This is mm-hmm. not this is not the company that we're accustomed to. Who knows what path they're going to take? I don't know. But I'm still excited for the game. I know I use that snippet of time to talk about things that I'm not excited <laughs> for, but yeah. I feel like we always, you know just rave over how much we love the franchise and how great it is, but we don't mm-hmm. call out the things that aren't so great as much For in sure. the episodes, in the episodes that we do that are specials, we can dive a little harder into it. But um, no, I just, that's something different because we never get to, um, you just kind of put that out there. We love the games, but they're flawed. So are we going to do a, are we going to do a launch, like a launch weekend special? We can. I don't mind. Like we can do like a special giving our first impressions or whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm down as fuck for that. That There we go. Content. Content. There you go, Josh. You love it so damn much. I do. Josh heard that he was like, "Great fucking work." My my PP got a little bit hard. I I I do want to say one more thing before we move on. Very quickly, Dylan, did you see what the um the icons for the slates? that you use to summon the legendaries. Have you seen what those look like? No, they are fucking rad. That is so cool. Um, so the game only has every Pokemon up to the end of, uh, generation four's Pokedex, which, you know, that's fine. No, I don't care. Um, I'm sure some people do, but I really don't fucking care either way. Um, But the 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 little slates that you can find, like the ones that summon that will summon uh, Rayquaza, Groudon, and Kyogre, they are literally like the um, like the Game Boy Advance cartridges that with, oh. with like the designs going through them that you like slot into 
this fucking like pedal stool and then they summon. Oh shit, I see him now. That's crazy. Yeah, and then for Ho-Oh and Lugia uh, and Mewtwo, it's like the uh, the Game Boy and the Game Boy color cartridges. <laughs> That's they just, look, I like they're like made out of like stone that. with like cracks and like energy sh- like shining through them. See, look, there we go. Really all cool. of a sudden, I don't care about all the stuff I just talked about. <laughs> he was like, that's enough. <laughs> but it, for a different company making a mainline Pokemon game for the first time, it does really look like Elka did a really good job. No, and I give him credit. It looks fantastic. I'm very excited. It's beautiful. I think it's probably, weirdly enough... It's outside of Let's Go. It's the best-looking Pokemon game I've seen on the Switch yet. I would agree, yeah. All right, Josh. We're done. Uh, We're done. Okay. <laughs> you can have your show back. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right, last thing I want to talk about before we get to the topic of the show is we finished You Season 3. Uh, I will not go into spoilers on this um, <clears throat> because it is still relatively fresh. Um. But have either of you seen either season of you before this one? No. Okay. I've seen the first one and it made me like violently uncomfortable. Oh, okay. But, uh, um, all right. Well, let me, uh, I don't know how I want to start to talk about this. Um, all right. So I really loved the first two seasons. Uh, I think that they're really good. Um, they're uh-huh. really entertaining. Um, they're not like the greatest show that's ever been made. Like I wouldn't put it up there with shit like, you know, the fucking Sopranos or Mad Men or, you know, anything like that. But like they're good. They're really well-made shows that are like really engaging and and like fun to watch. Um. This season kind of went off the fucking rails for me. Um, I kind of am not sure what uh, the showrunners were doing this season, if I'm being completely honest. Because, uh, so, the the beginning of the season starts really strong. Um, it is a continuation from the very end of season two where you see that Joe is not necessarily happy in his relationship with love because of what he finds out at the end of season two. And, uh, you know, he, he's kind of like looking for an escape. And at the end of season two, you kind of see him start to obsess over a new person. And so, um, that's how this season starts off. And it starts off really strong with like some stuff that like I was straight up just not expecting at all. Um, and then, all throughout the middle, it just drags its fucking ass. Like it is so plotting and just like bleh, the entire fucking time. Like it's just it. I don't know how else to describe it other than it's dragging its fucking feet. And almost every single character that is new in this season I hated until kind of the end, but even at the end, like the stuff that I sort of like liked about them was like that it, it almost made them more, uh, human, not necessarily that I liked them more, but like these fucking people are just like 
awful. And I was like sitting there the entire time being like, you know what? Fuck it. Let Joe and love just fuck all of them up. I don't even care. I fucking hate these characters. And then there was something weird that happened. Uh, probably around the third episode. And it just, I don't, again, I don't know what was happening, but I started to fucking hate Joe and love. Like they just got on my fucking nerves so bad. And like, I was sitting there like, what happened to these characters? Because I remember watching them last season and they were fucking like, it's weird to say this because it's a fucking sociopath who like kills people. But like, Joe's fucking likable. He just is like, I root for him. Uh, even though he is, you know, like a sociopath. Um, and the same thing kind of happened with love at the end of season two. Like I, like I knew that she was kind of like, she's, she's bad. She's a bad person or whatever, but like I was rooting for her and I was rooting for them to like continue their little family dynamic and stuff. But like, Somewhere around episode three, I was like, I fucking hate the both of you. You're just so like, bleh. And, um, all of that stuff happens for like the next, like, I'd say like five ish episodes. And then the last two episodes bring it right back to where it started, where it was like fucking awesome. And like, I don't, I don't know like what happened in that middle section. I don't know if like the, the showrunners had some ideas that they wanted to try out and blah, 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 but it just did not fucking work for me at all. And I was just sitting there the entire time being like, this is bad. Fuck this. I, I don't, I'm not enjoying myself. And that really fucking sucks because I, I still do think that the show's pretty solid I just, I wish that whatever happened with this season in particular, whether it was like a new writing crew or, you know, or whatever, whatever they did to change the like flow and like tenor of the series, I wish they hadn't done it because it really bothered me. Um, other than that, I mean, it's, uh, it was, I, it, perfectly fine I, I mean it was like another season of you it just the middle part really fucking sucked <laughs> so yeah I'd, I'd never heard of it but I was looking it up it's on Netflix is that right yeah so I like the concept it's really fucking creepy to me like I just read the synopsis for the first season mm-hmm. um, that is something I actually will consider watching because I like that kind of stuff yeah, dude, it's, um, it's a fun time. Like, especially the first two seasons, I think. Yeah, and I think even Sabrina would be into that. So, fuck yeah, that's that seems pretty interesting. Cool. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and get into our topic of the show? Um, so this week, uh, there was a. It was right around like twenty minutes, right? It was like 19 and yeah. change or something. Yeah, it was right at it. Okay. Uh, but um, Bandai Namco and uh, From Software released a 20-ish minute um, video 
talking or well, not talking about, but showcasing gameplay from Elden Ring. And uh, we all watched it and we all have some thoughts. Um, me and Dylan, probably more so than Austin. Uh-huh. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what, since you're the resident Soulsborne guy, why don't you go ahead and take it away, Dylan? What, what, from the highest level possible, what were your thoughts on the, on the trailer? Man, I have so much to say about it that it would, it would take up a fucking 20 minute monologue almost just to talk about everything. So as we go, I'll kind of delve into different topics with you guys, but the one thing that really stood out to me was the first thing that I saw. And this is picking up where we left off last week with the podcast of Art Direction. Um, Immediately, I am drawn to where they went this time with it. Um, I see elements from the Souls games, absolutely. But this is far more colorful than anything the Souls games does. It still looks very similar which is great because i love that style but this is just something different and there's one part of the demo where we're on a cliffside and we're overlooking the lands between and it's just unbelievably captivating like you're immediately hit with shades of blue and gold and they're popping and catching your eye and then you start to look at the world itself and you you, like you immediately get drawn to just entirely different structures and they're just staring at you in the face. And one is this giant towering castle that looks like a mix between Hogwarts and Magic Kingdom almost. Um, And then like further, far to the left, you see what, if I had to guess, is more like a dilapidated cathedral of some sort. But just everything in that one moment, this was very early into the, and it just got, got better as the the demo went but just early on like i was i was blown away at what i was seeing and i i like obviously the colors and stuff that i was just talking about but the buildings while they're reminiscent of souls games they're just they went a different direction with it and i was blown away like i i was trying not to be hyped for this game i was trying to do what we talked about a few podcasts ago and temper my expectations, but watching this, it just turned it up to 11, man. Um, but that, that's just like quick thoughts. I, I want to talk about more, but I swear to God, dude, I'll talk for 20 minutes if I, if I'm uninterrupted. Yeah. Well, so, uh, that is the one thing that I it, immediately when the trailer opened up like that's or gameplay footage, whatever you want to call it. That's the first thing that stood out to me. I think this is a lot more stylized than any of the the Dark Souls or Demon Souls games. Um, yes. It it in a weird way reminded me of a mix between Sekiro and Bloodborne. One hundred percent. And and the reason I say that is because Bloodborne has a very distinct like style with like its architecture and stuff like that, and I feel like this did too. Um, but it was a lot more colorful in the way that like Sekiro was like Sekiro was very much like we're adding color to our games now and it's not just gray everywhere um and this I felt like was like a mix between Sekiro and uh and Bloodborne in that way um 
I love the look of the tree, like that glowing, tr- the giant golden illuminated tree yeah. that's just towering over the world. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. I don't know what the purpose is. I'm trying not to read or do anything with this game outside of watch this demo because I'm trying to go in as blind as I possibly can. So I don't know if that's been said what that tree is actually, but it's fucking beautiful, dude. I just like that's where my eye goes every time. Yeah, I am right there with you. Um, And for it's it's like a dark for me. It it was definitely Sekiro. Mine. Because the later I watched in the trailer, the more I kind of saw Dark Souls 3 come out in it. But I see Bloodborne 2. So I feel like this is a culmination of everything they've done up until this point. Yeah, I agree with that. I I totally think that this is like from I mean, we'll get into it when we start talking about what we thought the gameplay looked like. But this really does look like the them bringing everything together from everything that they've ever tried and stuff like that. Like this looks like, Oh, we're taking lessons from dark souls. One, we're taking lessons from demon souls. We're taking lessons from bloodborne and just applying it into like, um, like a, for lack of a better term, like a soup. It is a soup. And I feel like this is, there's a word that's escaping me, but this is everything they've worked for so far. Mm-hmm. This is different. This is open world. This is on next-gen consoles and PC that are so much more powerful than anything they've worked with thus far. Um, and it just feels like this is what, for the Souls fans, this is what we've been waiting for. So as someone who's not a Souls fan, Austin, what was your first impression? Um, looks cool. Next. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Next. No, like the game really does like look beautiful. And kind of like what you guys were saying, I can see like there's a lot of style here. There's a lot of life put into this. But um, yeah, I mean, looks looks dope. <laughs> Super fun. Looks for people that are into that kind of thing. I was about to say, it looks super fun. You're not going to play it. That I don't know that. That's not entirely. You think there's a chance? So when it comes to games like that, games that are normally outside of um, my realm of expertise, uh, so to speak, I'm not really sold by gameplay trailers because, uh, I mean, Anthem's gameplay trailer sold me, and it turned out to be one of the worst financial decisions I've ever made. So Yeah, but to be fair to that, the gameplay in Anthem was not what the problem was. I I don't think. I I disagree, but... I think that the gameplay in Anthem was kind of fun. The problem was... I thought it was awful. There wasn't anything to play. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the game, the like minute to minute gameplay in that game, I thought, especially after they did the first couple patches was really good. But the mm. problem was there was nothing for you to fucking do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that there's that. Um, but I'm not really sold on, on like, you know, gameplay previews and stuff like that for stuff that I wouldn't normally be drawn to in the first place. This is going to be one of those games that I'm just going to have to wait to see what you guys have to say about it. I'm going to have to wait to see what other reviewers I follow have to say about it. And then I'll, I'll make my decision from there. And that's fair. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I look at it 
I look at it already as a masterpiece because, <laughs> and I could look, I know, right? Like, let's just not even sugarcoat it. This is, Josh, you asked me a question a few months ago that kind of resonated with me, and I still think about it to this day. It's, why did I put so much stock in CD Projekt Red after playing The Witcher 3 and immediately thinking it was going to be the best game ever when Cyberpunk came out? Mm. I was like, wow, uh, why was I an idiot? Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we ever retouched on that subject, but when you asked me that, I felt like a thousand bricks hit me in the chest and I was like, why did I do that? And see, uh, you being the way you were about cyberpunk is what made me interested in cyberpunk in the first place. Great. So, so, so you fucked up his world too. <laughs> yep. I really didn't need that added to the plate, <laughs> but it's fine. But so I kind of think about that now. Uh-huh. Um, not even kind of. I think about that with every fucking purchase I make now. It's just there. That's a question that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and and you know what the shitty thing is? Just as a quick aside, I kind of want to go back and play Cyberpunk now that people say it's better, but I don't want to. Well, it's fucking worthless. So I don't know uh, how long ago it was, but they delayed the, the next-gen uh, version. I did see that. So, yeah. So I'll probably wait till that comes out in The Witcher 3 because I'm going to replay that for the 10th time. I was going to say, I guess it wouldn't matter to you because you've got the PC version, but yeah, still. Yeah. I still, I still want to, I pro, well, I'll probably buy it on the fucking PS5 when it comes out. <laughs> it's whatever. It's going to turn in sky. It's fucking, anyway, <laughs> we're not going to talk about my shame, but this, Austin, how you said you're not sold by gameplay trailers. I get that. Um, and like I, I've, I told you, I have tried to temper my expectations with this, but FromSoft truly has never done me wrong in any way, nor do I think it's done the fan base wrong. Um, Sekiro was a totally different game than they'd made before. Um, and it was just different, mm-hmm. but Dark, Soul, Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Demon Souls, Bl- fucking Bloodborne, they were all just masterpieces and seeing this uh gameplay demo it's like that's real that's what you're getting i mean i i am a souls born player i look at that and i know exactly what i see is what i'm going to get Hmm. and that is what's made it so hard for me to temper that hype because I'm in full choo-choo mode right now after watching it. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, that, I've only talked about the art direction. We got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so speaking of that, the, the next thing that I, I definitely noticed you already kind of brought up, and that's that it looked like it was open world. And I wonder if this is one of those things where it looks more open than it actually is like i'm wondering if they if they're gonna take the approach where it's still the sort of like hub based um like game design that is like a segmented area type mm-hmm. of thing yeah yeah i thought about that because from the perspective that we were shown it was made to be a lot bigger a lot more open it looks like it's truly open world mm-hmm. um i don't know because if you would have asked me six months ago if pokemon legends Arceus was going to be open world i would have told you yes turns out it's not it's kind of that uh the 
the hub and then like what it, what's it compared to like monster hunter like monster it's open hunter, but it's not the closest thing yeah yeah so the lands between it looks beautiful um and that's the name of the realm that you play mm-hmm. in um and it looks massive dude i, I want huge. to truly i want to believe that it's open and this goes beyond what any souls game has done even sekiro didn't do it it's just bigger they and for just talking about the scale and i don't think this is a maybe a testament to give it reason to be open world but they give you like different ways to traverse this open world too from what i was watching in the demo like they have these things called spirit springs and you can ride on your horse and you go through one and like you're launched vertically into the air like a fucking mile (laughs) and they're giving you ways to just explore the verticality of the areas that you're in now does that say it's more open world no that just means that the areas that you do explore are bigger but um even that being said, even if they were segmented into different hubs or whatever, it's fucking massive. It's huge, yeah. Like the scale of this map is just I I don't I don't know that feeling as a Souls player. Like the the worlds that you explore, especially Dark Souls three, it's it's pretty goddamn big. Mm-hmm. But this is something different, dude. Yeah the the like I noticed like almost immediately the you know the horse you're riding like and you're get like it reminded me in a weird way of when you're playing Assassin's Creed like the first one and you opened up in those like that little in between world yeah. um i don't know what the hell you would call it but those little areas between the hubs mm-hmm. but like fucking like 8000 times like bigger than that <laughs> cuz truly it's and- uh, dude i don't know the the thing that i i keep coming back to is the thing that you you said it. it's just it's gigantic yeah and when they pull up the map for the first time first off that map is detailed i like that mm-hmm. that's something that i'm not accustomed to as a souls player because you get thrown into the souls games and it's like figure it the fuck out um but in this it's different and they give you some tools too so when you when you pull it up you can just see how astoundingly large the world already is Uh, or appears to be but they gave you a cool option with the map too because you can actually set markers on the map or beacons or something like that you can mark like even if it's areas that you found but you can't take on at the moment because you're too weak or something like you can drop a beacon and say hey this is a place where there's loot and you can drop another icon and say like it's also guarded by a strong enemy like you can kind of customize your map you can make it your own which is different. That's not been done in a Souls game before or Soulsborne, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's just cool that they're giving you that option. It's something new yet again, something that we aren't accustomed to from a FromSoft game. Um, I also think it's cool that the beacons that you do drop on the map will appear in the overworld like a giant beam of light that you can find your way to. That's super awesome. It's wayfinding in a new way. Yeah, I agree with that. I that was something that I was like, "Ooh, I like this." Cuz not only can you Yeah, because it's Well, go ahead. No, cuz I was just going to say it's not it's it's not like your traditional wayfinding where you're like you have a mini map and it's pointing you in this direction like it, you have a giant beam of light fucking go yep. to it. Mm-hmm. And it, it uh the one thing I was going to say is I feel like it would be make <sighs> It makes it more customizable 
in like, you know how in, in like in Dark Souls, there's kind of an order to take on the bosses. Like there isn't because of like all the optional stuff, but like in a but there but there is, is right right like the, like in Dark Souls three, it's it's uh, Gundir, it's Vort. It's, I mean, you don't have to do the tree right away, but like Abyss Watchers, like there's a certain path that you go on and you know you need to go on it because you're going to get your fucking shit wrecked if mm-hmm. not. Yeah. And, and the thing that I think is really cool about this is that like, if this is indeed open world, you can literally like take on bosses in any form or, well, not any form, but like in any order you want because if you notice them on the map and then you're like, uh, I I'm under leveled for this, then you put them on the map and, and you can go back to them at any time and be like, yep. Oh, cool. I can go back and face old dragon head or whatever the fuck his name is. And so that again, from, from an outside perspective, because I keep wondering, you know, when Austin or if Austin watched the video, then <laughs> I did. You, <laughs> <laughs> well, you get to see these giant battles. The first one that you'll see is the one with the dragon. It was right there. You're galloping with your horse across this field, and all of a sudden, a goddamn giant dragon swoops down, and now you're engaged in an epic boss fight. So as someone who doesn't play these games, and you see that, is that something that's like, holy shit, that looks cool, I want to take part in that? Or is that like, no, that looks hard? I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm 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 at the second option, and it and it deters you. I, like I I think it looks cool. I I think it looks fucking rad, honestly. But um, I nope 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 nope. That looks like a game that is gonna make me want to throw my controller through my. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, it's that's a part of the charm of it for me. Like, what did you think about that? boss battle josh because that was happening on fucking horseback in the middle of a giant field yeah so there the one thing that i noticed uh and i think they did it in both the the boss battles that they showcased is that they kind of had these like weird cuts where like you would obviously see like him uh doing something and then it would like kind of cut to him like and maybe he would be standing in one instance and then the next like it would cut to him like on horseback and i thought that that was kind of weird because i was like why would like obviously it's a showcase so they're not going to like show you the entire game and everything like that uh but like i just didn't understand why they wouldn't show like little snippets of it like more like (sighs) Cut, cut together is the wrong word because it implies that like more, so almost like why it wasn't a little more in terms of the vi- the video itself like more polished to show you both sides or, of the fight like or essentially more like I I don't understand why you wouldn't have just shown like a like so you have twenty minutes all right and you want to showcase two different boss b- battles right why wouldn't you just show uh like maybe like boss battles in, in dark souls can, can go on for as long as you want them to really. Um, why wouldn't you have shown the boss battle? Like maybe like a full, like unclipped, like two minutes of the boss battle. 
Yeah. But and my, I I kind of get what they're doing because it was weird how they orchestrated it. I'll say that. Um I I don't want to say they were trying to rush through the boss fight or whatever. I just think they were trying to show two different perspectives. Like you you mm-hmm. can do the whole on the horseback thing. You can fight it in the open field while running away, or you can get down on the ground, boots on the ground, get dirty with the dragon. That was awful. I said it, and then my brain didn't stop myself <laughs> as I was saying it. Yeah, uh, I didn't actually think. But it was like that's a good point. But, but again, it was kind of like they could have done that in one segment because I feel like that's kind of what we're going to be doing anyway in the fight. Like if, if I'm a souls player and I'm watching this clearly the best way to avoid damage is probably going to be the horse, but then there might be times where I need boots on the ground and I need to hit as much damage as I possibly can close quarters. Um, and you could have shown both of that in like one segment, but that was how I saw it. Um, but, and it looked epic, like as weird as it might've been cut together, it looks so great. Like magic from a horseback sword combat on the ground. The dragon is a fucking monster dude. Um, but that kind of brings me into a question that I, I have for you. So we saw that fight that was in the overworld. That was a dragon swoops down. And then at some point during the video, um, you're kind of doing some stealth mode shit through a forest and there's big enemies all around you. But once you get to the end of the forest, I guess, or you through the stealth mode section, another mini boss comes out and you fight him and it looks really cool. He's on horseback, kind of reminds me of one of the Sekiro bosses. Um, And that's a that's a boss fight. But later on in the, the demo we get introduced to something that I am really excited for, and that's dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they specifically said dungeons, mines, and caves are available to be discovered in the world, and each contains something different. What intrigues me most is that they say fearsome bosses are in there, as if the overworld weren't fearsome enough already, because those bosses that we saw up there looked crazy. So I... I'm excited to see if these bosses provide even more of a challenge and what that looks like. Do you think it'll differ in any way? Um, I tend to think no, uh, because I, I mean, so it might be a, be something similar to like, uh, cause I, I don't know if I noticed it or not, but I, um, I didn't see a health bar on the, the dragon fight. And I mean, to me, that's pretty clear. That's a fucking boss, but I didn't see the health bar. And usually you get the health bar when you are fighting one of the bosses. Yeah. It wasn't on the horse thing at the end of the, yeah. So I'm wondering if that's just something that they had turned off or, 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 you know, what's going on with that. But that's what I'm wondering too, because they did showcase that bigger boss fight towards the, three quarters section of the Mm -hmm. the demo, like with the golden guy or whatever. And that truly that, you know, you walk through the fog wall, that's a boss fight. That's the kind that I know. And it looked a lot more ferocious than the dragon fight to me because it's, it shows him starting off 
and he's already, uh, you know, uh, just a force to be reckoned with. But at some point, and they did it on the sly, they already showed his second phase. They showed that's a two-phase boss fight because now he has an extra piece of himself on there. Um, his attacks are coming faster and stuff like that. So that's why I was kind of wondering, um, you know, just to kind of speculate to see, is it possible that there's those bosses and then there's harder bosses, which is crazy to think about in a Souls game. Yeah, as oh, it is. yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so so my my thought is this. I, I would tend to think that if uh, I'm not sure that 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 dragon is a boss. I think that it, it might just be like a super strong enemy type thing. But I I would think that the enemies, like if they have bosses in the sort of like overworld area, I wouldn't expect them to be necessarily any more difficult than a boss that would be hiding in like a dungeon or cave or uh, the other thing that they mentioned. Um, I could be and, wrong, but and, like I just, I feel like yeah. the, the design philosophy in the Souls games says no because they don't i mean some bosses in dark souls and bloodborne and sekiro like they are easier than others like that's just that's a kind of given but they're not necessarily designed that way if that makes sense like like from software isn't saying like oh okay we'll put the easy boss here they just put them in in the game and you know it just so happens that some of them are easier than others. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? It does, and I still wonder because I think that the dragon boss and then the one that was on the horseback past the forest, I, I'm i not saying that they're easy, but I, I do think the ones that are hidden behind the fog walls are going to be a lot harder. I would think so, too. Uh, yeah, that's just... That's what I've come to expect from Souls games. Um, I'm trying to think of one that just happened like that kind of in Dark Souls, and I really can't. Like, there's one where you go, uh, it's it's a dragon in Dark Souls 3. It's not Medeer. I forget what. It's like Ancient Wyvern or something. But you go to, like, this high summit way off in the distance, and you're running through the area normally, and then he kind of spawns down on you like that. Um, that said, it's also one of the easiest boss fights, boss fights. Cause if you run all the way past him, you can climb up a ladder, jump down on his head and kill him. In oh, one shot. Um, yeah, but I don't know. It's just, it's just, it was worth speculating to me because it seems like they're, they're kind of throwing it all together in terms of the mm -hmm. boss fights and the combat and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so within the combat itself, was there anything that stood out to you in terms of like uh, anything that would, I guess, make it different? Maybe, maybe that's the yeah. bad uh, um, way to phrase it. And I wouldn't even say different, but um, the combat is one of my most favorite things that I saw from the demo. The art direction got me first. And then the combat is what I was like, wow, this is, it's familiar, but not, um, in the bit where you're overlooking an enemy camp, then there's like a stash of treasure that you have to go and obtain in some way, shape or form. Um, you can kind of take on this encampment in a myriad of different ways. And even utilizing stealth, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, you know, like they added crouching and shit. That's awesome. That's straight from Sekiro. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And we were shown different combat um, scenarios in that little snippet. And one of the things I saw was stealth leading up to get behind an enemy. And then he pulls out a bow, drops the guy. He's not finished. He goes up and hits the backstab animation while he's on the ground, finishes him off. That was fucking sick. And then we see him like transition over. He's on top of rock, jumps down, aerial stun, like uh, hits him, staggers him, does the, I think it was a forward backstab, like through the chest or whatever, like the the Mm insta-kill, which was awesome. And then he immediately goes into just ground combat. And it's different because I think there's a lot of abilities in this game, man, whether it be from the weapons themselves or the magic, because the magic was absolutely incredible to watch because now there are spirit summons in the game, which has not been there before. And the spirit summons will interact differently depending on what you summon, what the the fight is doing itself, and they can aid you in battle. That has not been done before, um, which is a huge benefit because it's almost... This can help, in my opinion, this can help a player who's not as experienced with Mm -hmm. the game. Because those attacks that summon the spirits look like they do incredible amounts of damage. Like, even aside from that, the magic that I was seeing was way different than what I'm accustomed to. Like, there is a lot of different forms of magic in this game, and they're all beautiful. Um, I don't know if it was... So uh, that's something. Uh, I don't know if it was, like, a spell or whatnot, but, like, uh, I was really blown away by that that blue arrow uh, during the dragon fight, I was like, oh, that's that's gorgeous. Yeah, man. Like, that was crazy. And then at some point, you do something and a lot of little sparks fly around you and then they, like, go above the enemy and turn into this, like, almost celestial-looking sky and this start dropping AoE damage down or something like that. It was just different. Um, so back to Austin, because this is just another question. Like, there's... Uh-huh. There's a, there's a wide array of combat, but then there's also things like I understand the dragon fight looks intimidating, but with the ability to essentially summon these spirit, I'm not going to say companions because that's a terrible, terrible way to describe them, but these spirit aids uh-huh. that can come out and they can help you and they can fight alongside you. Did, would that make you more willing to give the game a shot even but though it's going to be incredibly difficult, like knowing that you have a little more firepower behind you, would that make you a more confident player? Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say so. All right. Okay, that's. I don't have anything like in depth to say. Just yeah. Just yeah. It looks cool. Like that. It looks like a really cool fucking mechanic. Like I saw the scene on the bridge where they summon like the skeletons and they have like the they all have axes and they just kind of come down. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was cool. sick. Yeah, that was yeah. rad. <laughs> like again, that stuff that we've not seen before. Yeah, like that shit looked cool. I was because I w- it looked like for a second. I think it's the scene that I'm thinking of. He looks like he's attacking from a distance. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is he doing? And all of a sudden, the skeletons come out of nowhere and just drop damage on him. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, that was fucking cool. But yeah, it's just, I, c- I could see that making me a little bit more comfortable through a playthrough, knowing I have something like that to kind of fall back on. So did the combat interest you at all, like as a non-Souls player? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, to me, it, it just looked like every other Souls game. Like, aside from aside from that kind of stuff, like the spirit thing, like what we just talked about, yeah, it just kind of looks like every other Souls game. Combat. 
I feel so disgusted by that sentence. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so different, which is why I love it. Josh, like, tell I mean, you got to tell me you were salivating yeah. too, right? Like, this combat. There, there were parts of it that really, like, I, there were parts of it that I was like, okay, yeah, this looks like Dark Souls. Like, this looks like Bloodborne. Like, I've seen mm. this before type thing. But um, there was also parts where I was like, um, this is different. Like, the ability to crouch in, like, tall grass and then kind of, like, come out to get, like, like KOs, basically. I was like, ah, okay, this is different. That sort of thing. Um, yeah. But... I, and and the the one thing that you did point out that I I think is um, definitely something that I will be using it you know should I who am I kidding I'm I'm going to get this game um, oh yeah you're going to get the game I, I'll definitely be using the the summoning of the spirits uh, I just I don't see why I would not do that. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun, man. Like they're adding so much to this. Um, Again, I keep saying it. I tempered my expectations for a fucking a year or two. And then between the art direction and the combat, dude, it sucked me straight in. I, it's just so, it's different than what I know. I mean, I've played the Souls games. I've played Bloodborne. I've played Sekiro. Suck it, Sekiro. But even the elements they brought from Sekiro over to Elden Ring, it just works. And it's, it looks fucking great, dude. Yeah. I I don't know. This uh this looks like it could potentially be the the best Souls game. I agreed 100%. If it looks as if if it plays anything like what we saw, if it is open world, if the world is justified in being as big as it is, like if it does not feel empty, and it feels alive, even though it's a desolate place. This will hands down be the best Souls game, I think. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that uh, that stood out to you that you want to touch upon? <sighs> that was really it, man. Like I touched on all the huge things: uh, art direction, combat, the dungeons, the map itself, um, just all of that. I, I'm excited. I. I I was hesitant going into the 20 minute video. And by the end of it, I was like, this will be my game of the year. I mean, there's, I, I can't temper my expectations anymore. And I'm, <laughs> I just can't. Oh, that's up. Like there, there's, a, <laughs> I can't, I mean, I was, I was burned with cyberpunk, but I don't have reason to doubt from soft. Mm. Yeah. I don't, it's, I, well, that being said, I've, I'm burned by Game Freak year after year. So. <laughs> You're like a battered <laughs> housewife. Yeah. You just keep I coming keep back. Coming back. Going. No, he's okay. He didn't mean it. He was just, you know, he drank a little too much. <laughs> he had a bad day at work. He didn't mean it. Yeah. <laughs> That's Pokemon. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm, I, I, I don't know if I'm a gonna say that i'm as excited as you are because i'm 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out next year. So I don't know this is going to be like my game of the year or whatever, but this is definitely, uh, it's shaping up to be something that I'm definitely like excited for and definitely want to um, like put my hands on. So uh, I think the, uh, the main topic synopsis says it most accurately someone also changed the word that i put in there but that's fine um it's we have the intrigued one the faithful one and the uninterested mm. one and i think that's how we'll go into the game i also said clueless so whoever changed it to uninterested uh that would probably be austin i didn't change it uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did <laughs> austin's like i don't appreciate this and he knew exactly who he was too because he changed it <laughs> uh well, all right then. Sorry, Austin. Um, that was a lot of talking about me or from me and Dylan about a game that we're both excited about. So, and that will be Austin's game of the will year. Will be Austin's game of the year. Um, Could you imagine? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably good because it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> all right. Well. We, we've been talking a lot. Let's get into the games we've been playing. And Austin, you start us out. Tell us about some stuffs. Um, yeah, uh, I haven't really played anything new. Nothing that I can say that I've finished yet. So I'm kind of just trying to grind out SMT3 because SMT5 comes out on Friday. And I'm super fucking hyped. But I have a feeling it's not going to happen. I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it. So I'm pro. <clears throat> I hopefully next week I will have had some time with the OLED and I can kind of discuss that. I've got a hookup that should be coming through on Monday to help me snag the white one. Wait, isn't um, it so, only available in white or am I crazy? No, they have a, you can get it in the red and blue. Oh shit. Okay. Like the original. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. The, I thought it was only white. The target by me uh, actually has one of the red and blue of the OLEDs. I just, I want the white one. So I'm just waiting. Okay. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be able to talk about that all next week. I'll be able to talk a little bit about SMT five and hopefully the ending of SMT three. Um, I might just put off playing five un until Monday when I'm supposed to get the OLED. Um, that way I can just kind of wrap up three, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm pretty fucking stoked. I've done nothing but watch reviews on SMT five all day too. And I'm super fucking. Oh stoked. Lord. You're. It's going to be so good. me. That's going to be my game of the year. I'm saying it right now. That shit looks so fucking good, and I'm so... I don't hope that you're disappointed. <laughs> I don't even... I don't hope that you're disappointed. <laughs> I do not hope. What does that mean? I... I you hope yes. he likes it. <laughs> Could you just say that? Well, <laughs> because I was going to be like... I was going to be like, well, I hope that you're disappointed by it. And then I was like, no, that's mean. I don't want to be that guy. So I was like... He's had five minutes of airtime this podcast. We'll be <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I'd, uh, I, I've been watching a lot of reviews, and they the only one that I've seen be negative was IGN. But then again, does anybody fucking care what they have to say Too anyway? Much water. Uh, exactly. Like no, nobody takes the reviews seriously anymore, especially not on JRP. Dude, fucking. They use this Pokemon review is going to be too much Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honestly no. so excited to read the review of BDSP because I think it's going to be really bad. 
I don't like it when people say BDSP because it just sounds like a B- fetish. Yeah. I thought he, I thought he said BVSP, and I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It does kind of sound like a fetish, yep. doesn't it? 100% it fetish. Pokemon fetish edition. Oh, I would rather. There's not. ROM hacks for that. No, yeah. oh. you can find no. them. Oh. They're there. What is it? Rule 32 <laughs> or some shit? 34. 34. Yeah. If it yeah, exists, there's porn of it. Uh, hey, Josh, I've been playing some Call of Duty Vanguard. Oh, cool. Tell me about that. <laughs> That's Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, so. I don't know if I t- talked about it last podcast. Yeah, I did. I jumped into a game of Warzone, won a game, and then I was like, I'm going to go buy Call of Duty. Yep, that's ex- um, I did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, dude, I haven't played uh, Campaign or Zombies yet. I've just strictly been playing the multiplayer. But it is another yearly COD. I can't get around that fact. It's still very much an arena-based shooter. I mean, that's why I got it. But... It is a lot of fun. I will give it that. It is boots on the ground. It is fast-paced gameplay. It combines the gameplay of COD World War II with the 2018 Modern Warfare. And everything it does, man, it just hits right. Like, the gunplay is great. The sound design is great behind it. The maps are a lot of fun, and they're varied, and they brought 20 of them um, this time around at launch. Um, The guns are a lot of fun. Um uh they brought back castle and dome from uh world at war which is fucking great dude because those are two fantastic maps um they have a brand new game mode that is released with the game called patrol and uh, essentially it's like king of the hill but the hill moves all around the map at any given time like it never stops moving um it's stationary at the beginning when it's on lock and then you spawn and you drop into the map or whatever and you you get set up and then the patrol zone unlocks and as soon as it unlocks it starts moving and it doesn't stop until the game's over you have to hold it and move with it while uh obtaining points and killing off the enemies to ensure that they do not get in it's it's something that's just different and it's i mean i think it's a great game mode it's a lot of fun um they have all of the traditional game modes in there. TDM, DOM, Kill Confirmed, Headquarters, Search and Destroy, Free For All, Patrol. Um, did I say Headquarters? I think so. Oh, it's, uh, uh, that's not right. It's Hardpoint. Hard point. Headquarters is not oh, in the game. Yeah. Headquarters is what I wish was in the game. That's one of my favorites, but it's not. Um, but everything else, man, uh, they, they do a great job with it. They added a couple of not really quality of life improvements, but just uh, a little few extra features. Um you can still play and uh, unlock operators that you can make your own or whatever. You can level the operators up. You can level the guns up. Uh, they brought the gunsmith back to customize your guns. Um, at the end of the game, like if you're if you're you know win or lose whatever, they kind of do an Overwatch thing. That they let you vote between three players of who you would like to choose of who you think deserves it. It can be for like most kills. It can be for highest KD. It can be for most multi kills, most objective time, most time near enemies, stuff like that. And you can vote. Um, I don't know if the people get anything extra, like an EXP, like an XP boost or something. But it's just kind of cool. It adds a little sense of community in there somewhere. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I'm sure there's a few other things. I, I played it heavily over the weekend and then I kind of stopped because I went back to work and I knew Forza was coming out the next day. Um, so I don't know, dude. It's, it's, it is a lot of fun. 
you're not going to get something groundbreakingly different with this. It's just, I think this is the gameplay I like out of Call of Duty. Um, it's fluid and it plays great. I'm playing it on the PS5. Um, I recommend it if you don't mind dropping $70 for a yearly COD title. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, two things uh, that I want to mention. Uh, the first being probably the most relevant. It is an Activision Blizzard title, um, and it was probably made under some sort of duress, you know, and we do not condone the actions of the bastards at Activision Blizzard. Um, but secondly, uh, and less importantly, I think, um, the one thing that I hear every fucking year is people talking about like, oh, it's just a Call of Duty. It's the same exact game. And while that is true, that's never a negative to me because these games, I, I with the with the exception of probably like Halo, but the thing about Halo is Halo is a completely different shooter. Like, I'm I'm sorry, you can't compare Halo and and Call of Duty. You just can't. They're two completely different things. Um, but like. Of the, like, sort of, like, realistic, like, run-and-gun, like, fast-paced, like, action shooter, nobody does it better than Call of Duty. I'm sorry. Nobody does it better than them. Like, they just, they are the bar that everybody else has to meet. The gunplay in these games is always so unnecessarily fun and easy to get behind. And, like, the one thing that you pointed out that, like, I don't think ever gets enough credit is the sound design. Like the sound effects and the way that these guns like sound different from every, like the MP five K or whatever sounds completely different from like the, the, the AK 40 or not 47, but like, um, uh, whatever the SMG is. Uh, and that sounds completely different from the fucking Uzi, you know, like, it, yep. I don't know. I, I just wanted to go on a real quick little diatribe because I, I do think that fucking, COD gets unnecessarily shit on every year by the, not the, not the gamer bros. Cause the gamer bros are the ones that are playing it, but like, <laughs> right. like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the fucking like uppity little IGN fucks who are like, Oh, this game is a seven. I'm like, okay. All right. A, a good call of duty. Cool. Like, yeah, no, essentially that's what it is. And, um, I, it's just worth it, dude. Like, I mean, I, I haven't played a COD or an arena COD in a long time, and it's it hits all the nails on the head for what I was wanting, especially until Halo Infinite comes out. And uh, they're in preseason right now, meaning that th you can get the battle pass, but it's still last season's battle pass leading from Cold War and Warzone into this. And there's about 20 days left in it, and when that finally happens, they're going to um, integrate... Uh, Vanguard with Warzone and it's going to take away Verdansk and Warzone and they're going to transition into the Pacific which is where they're you know the I mean it's, it's the Vanguard style map so that's super exciting so it's a good time to play it if you are a COD fan uh, of any sort and just kind of experience what it's like and then get accustomed to the guns because that's all you're about to be seeing for a little while yeah cool um I I still have weird uh, reservations about it because 
uh, all of the all of the stuff like coming out before um before its release were like this game is in a lot of trouble blah 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 um and then the the Activision Blizzard stuff with the like sexual assault and rape and shit like that just really kind of put me off so I don't know if I'll go to it but it is Call of Duty and I do like Call of Duty so yeah I might break down my morals for a little bit <laughs> I might I might be a hypocrite yeah. That is Definitely the main worth. reason why I didn't pick it up. The Activision Blizzard it's, stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm, fair enough. It just... I'd, no, not this time. Yeah. I, I mean, it, uh, well, I don't, I don't really want to get into it. I, I was going <laughs> to say some things, but yeah. Yeah, but Michael Vick was a great quarterback. I just don't condone his dogfighting. Yes. I, that's... I mean, yeah. yeah. That's where I'm sitting at, too. Sure. Um, all right. Well, with that said, um, I started playing Guardians of the Galaxy um, before uh, the next game that we're going to talk about took over my life. <laughs> um, I This, I can feel, will make my top ten. Um, games of the year. Uh, this game is uh, really, really uh, not only like super fucking gorgeous, but also like I, I'm not gonna say that it's like crazy fun because it's not the same level of fun that I'm having with other things. But like, this is a game that immediately hooked me in with this gameplay. Um, even though it's not necessarily the most inventive or even like, uh, what, what is a word that would mean non repetitive? I'm trying to like, it, it feels like it's going to be a repetitive sort of thing. Like, but the loop is fun enough to where I kind of don't care that it's repetitive. Does that make sense? I'm sorry. Did you just ask what a word for non-repetitive is, and then you said repetitive? Well, not well. No, I, I said I don't remember what I said. But <laughs> okay, I'm sorry that that was one of those moments where I was having a dot 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 moment in my head, so I just needed to vocalize it real quick no. to make sure I was on the right. Yeah, side. my my thought process was I was trying to say that like that it is one of those games that like isn't inventive and like is, is repetitive, but like, I was, I don't know. I was saying it in a weird way cause I'm stupid and try to overcomplicate. You're not, I try to overcomplicate things. <laughs> I'm just, I'm an, I'm fucking dumb. I try to sound smarter than I am. Um, thanks. You feel any better. You're the smartest of the three of us. Probably. Oh, well, thank you. Um, one of us isn't too hard to beat. The other one, you you had to run for your money. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so the the one thing that immediately like jumps out to me is that I think that this game is absolutely fucking stunning. Like everything from like the way that like the worlds are like f- full of color and like just full of detail even like i was walking around the uh so the first the very first level 
you're on this world that's kind of like held together by like pink space goo. I don't I don't know how else to describe it. And like inside these like little containers and stuff were like like little things that like you wouldn't notice necessarily in another game, but like I noticed them here and I was like, whoa, like the level of detail on this shit is fucking unreal. Like they would put in stuff like little rust uh, to kind of like show you that like, um, you know, this had been here for a long time and it was breaking down shit like that, like little rust patches and like games don't fucking do that. They don't give a fuck that like they'll use the same goddamn, you know, the same textures for fucking like 18 different things. Like game devs usually don't give a fuck about this sort of stuff, but this one did. And I was like, Oh shit, that's kind of crazy. Like that's, that's a nice little touch that like I definitely wasn't expecting. Um, and then the facial animations, and I know I texted you guys about this, but the facial animations on this, I was, again, kind of blown away by like it. And it's not even just in cutscenes. Like if you are like walking around and looking at like a character while they're speaking, if you like look closely at what's going on, like their facial animations are incredibly detailed. And then you go into like the cutscenes, and it's like, Holy shit, dude. Like what the fuck's going on here? What kind of magic sauce does, Idos Montreal have to make their fucking faces look this good. Um, it's not quite like Naughty Dog level because I mean you look at fucking Naughty Dog and you know the shit that they were able to pull out with like The Last of Us Two and and shit like that and it's like holy fuck this is incredible but this is still like top tier like animation work like I don't know how the fuck they managed to get this to look the way that it did uh, with the facial animation specifically. Um, But like I really was taken aback by just how fucking gorgeous this game was. Like I was not expecting it to be this technical showcase. Um, As far as the gameplay goes, uh, I mean, I kind of touched on it. It seems like it's going to be one of those things that's kind of repetitive, but like I kind of don't care because it is fun. Like it's, uh, it, uh, it's, it's third person action shooter bullshit, but like it's fun third person action shooter bullshit. Um, and it so far doesn't have anything that's like causing me to like want to put it aside the only thing that is making me want to put it aside is the fact that Forza Horizon 5 is out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is a game that I'm going to be putting more time into for sure. Um, I don't have full, like, I, maybe some of this stuff will wear on me. Um, maybe the combat is, like, so ultra repetitive that I kind of, like, hate it. But, like, so far it seems like there's enough in here to kind of like not make me feel that way. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, so far so good. I'm really impressed with what I've, 
what I've played so far. I really want to play it, but like you said, Forza came out, and Call of Duty's here, and I don't know if I'm getting or not, but Skyrim comes out tomorrow, and then Pokemon comes out. Uh, it's not a good. It's not a good month for me. <laughs> I mean, it's a yeah, great. Yeah, month it's not for a good me. month for your wallet. <laughs> no, it sucks for the wallet. But I know awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you put any more time into this, Austin? No. Okay. Not since I talked about it last week. Now Shinobi Striker kind of took over. Okay. And Shin Megami. That too. Oof. And now you're about to get the new Shin Megami, and then you're not going to play Guardians of the Galaxy. Austin played three levels of Guardians of the Galaxy and was like, this is real good. Game of the year material. Goodbye. Now Shin Megami. I did not say game of the year material. Well, it has to be game of the year material for you because you've only played three games. Oh, well, duh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Shin Megami is about to take that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very. Uh, I can tell you what's taken mine. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's fucking talk. Let's go. All right. You go. You start. You start. Because I have a lot of things to say. I mean, fuck, man. I do, too. So let's just have a conversation, okay, okay. I guess. Uh, oh, I like it. it. I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even think that that was like a question. Um, no, that's just a statement at this point. It's just so yeah. fucking good, dude. So Forza Horizon 5, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Um, Josh, you're playing the it on the, the, the X, mm-hmm. Series X. I am playing it on PC. Uh, runs great on my yeah. end. How about yours? I, the, the only beautiful. The only thing that I noticed, Uh-oh. and this was before, like, they've already released, like, three or four patches so far. Um, the only thing that I noticed was, like, the first day that I played, there were like pop-ins on occasion, but oh. like, like <laughs> it wasn't enough to distract me to to like downgrade it in any real like major sort of way. So, did you buy it? Um, buy it? No. So I'm playing it. I'm playing it on Game so Pass, you- but I did pick it up early. Uh, I bought the the little. Um, What's it? What was it called? Like the the expansion bundle. I I don't remember the exact wording. So yeah, you got. So it I got early. it uh, on Friday. Okay, so I have been playing it since yesterday. Um, that being said, it's all I fucking get today. <laughs> um, Pretty much same. So, <laughs> I can't even lie to you, dude. I did not think about a thing. I managed to go to the gym today, and I was the most proud of myself <laughs> I've ever been for stepping away from Forza. <laughs> I was like, that was an accomplishment in itself. This is one of those games where I feel like a kid again because I, I can't yeah, dude. move. Like, so, I'm so uh, addicted. So uh, to speak to that, all right, when Forza Horizon 2 came out, on the Xbox One back in, I want to say, 2015. I had so many fucking hours in that game. I loved Forza Horizon 2. And, like, I just, I spent all kinds of fucking time playing that game. It was, like, the only thing I wanted to play. And then 3 came out, and 3 was even fucking better. Like, I don't know how the fuck the leap from 2 to 3 happened. Yeah. How do they keep doing that? The only thing, so the only thing that was different was I didn't like four as much. I didn't put nearly as much time into four. Um, and 
Four was my really? most okay. played. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, but so I, for whatever reason, four just didn't, it didn't click with me the way that, that two and three did specifically three. Cause like, dude, I, I cannot tell you how many fucking hours I put into three. That game was just like, that would have been 2017. I think that would have been my game of the year had like other things not come out. Um, like I right. just fucking was in love with that game. Uh, but this is even better than that. I just, it's, I don't understand what the fuck they're put. Like, are they putting cocaine in, in their code? Like, I, I dude, it just, it yeah. sucks you in and you can't help it. And you go down a rabbit hole. I'll say last night when I started it up, um, cause I had to work and then I got home and then I think I said something to Sabrina and then I sat down on the computer <laughs> and I just dove into it. Um, I love the intro. So that set mm-hmm. the tone for, I, I, I just feel like the opening hour. I mean, it was extraordinary. So my thing was like from the jump, I'm already mm-hmm. immersed. Um, I can tell we're, we're on a plane and we're, we're fucking dropping out. Like it's a battle Royale from the plane parachuting in landing on the on the map and we're taken off and that's such a good way to get us introduced to this festival and i'm getting chills i'm getting a little emotional i'm not gonna lie because at the last segment of that intro it's like I forget what the exact buildup is, but you're racing down the strip. You've done each kind of race to kind of give you a little snippet of what Mexico is about. You've raced next to a caldera. You've raced through the jungle. You've raced through a a dust storm. And now you're a supercar flying down this strip. And you can tell that the, the people over the radio, they're talking about you. They know you from the past Horizon Festivals. And like the last sentence you hear before racing across the finish line is one thing's for certain. This guy knows how to make an entrance. And then you hit the finish line and that's it. It culminates into that one moment. I was fuck at that moment. I knew I wasn't getting up. I mean, I was it just made me feel things. This is Forza. This is a racing game. This everyone keeps giving me shit today, Josh, because they're like, are you enjoying your car RPG? I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. OK, <laughs> like, you don't understand. This is so much more than just a racing game. They're like, what? Sabrina walks over, sees me driving. She's like, don't you get bored? I'm like, excuse me. She's like, don't you get bored of just driving around? I'm like, go back to the room and play Animal Crossing. <laughs> Tell me if you get bored on your fucking island that you have to wait on shit to load on. Like, OK, so. <laughs> It's, I, I, it's so good. I, I, I'm done. I just talk for a minute because I'm getting, I'm yeah, getting emotional. No, the, again, I there's something that there's something about this. There's something in the sauce of this game that is just like fucking. It's like crack, man. It's super fucking addicting, and I I can't tell you exactly what it is because I, I don't know. Like the thing that has always like I've always said about the Forza Horizon games uh in particular uh Forza Motorsport less so but like I understand why people like those games um but I don't like cars like I mean I do like cars I like the way that like cars look and shit like that but like I one of the things that I think is so special about 
this series in particular is that it allows someone like me who has like zero knowledge of like the inner workings of cars and shit like that. It allows me to play a racing game that is like really fun mixed with enough like, like X, like, um, like need to know types type things to make me feel like I, like I'm a, a like yeah, you know exactly, some shit. Exactly. But it gets so fucking deep that like there are things that like I don't even I don't even fucking touch like the whole tuning setup, dude. This this game is oh, so yeah. fucking oh. like ridiculously like complex when you get into like the real nuts and bolts of shit. Like I don't know how the fuck people just like I know I know people who will get into this game and they'll just sit for hours tinkering on on a tune for their car. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even fucking know what yeah. that is. Like, <laughs> and people are like doing that shit for drifting and stuff and really getting into their specs. And it's, I don't know how they do that shit. I don't particularly care because that's not mm-hmm. why I play this game, but it's, it's fucking rad that someone can do that and they can put that time into it because they are car people and they know what they're doing and they know what a fucking spark plug is and all that shit and all that technical stuff. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's great for them. The reason I enjoy playing it so much is because there's always something to do. Mm-hmm. And Mexico itself is goddamn beautiful. The UK was great, but Mexico, I I know it's a desert, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a very, it, I think that this is the best map it's, that they've done in terms of like being able to like have varied locations while also having like dense, like densely packed, like, biomes so to speak yeah because there's a little bit of everything and there's um really dense cities or towns there too that you Mm -hmm. can race through um like you can hit the beach you can hit the caldera you can hit the fucking jungle you can race through a sandstorm there's a lot going on and there is a lot to do and there's like now progressing through the festival is a lot more interactive than it has been in in the past Mm -hmm. iterations so you're kind of getting, um, I guess you're getting immersed more now than you ever have been, which is even more intoxicating for people like you and I who did love Forza, you know, Horizon 2 and 3 and 4. Like those games were already really great at sucking you in. But now there's more um, there's more of a persona behind the game itself. There's, there's more going on the inner workings of the game to get you to feel like you are a superstar. They know who you are. You are the best driver um, and stuff like that. They just do a good job at feeding you content and it never stops. And even if you want to take a step away for a second, you're still doing something to earn skill points for your cars, to find XP boards in the world, to find jumps or speed traps or something like that. You can just be driving to find a barn. Like, you know, there's a new barn you want to go find a car in. And from point X to point, you know, Z or whatever, there's, there's so much you can do and get distracted in. In the meantime, like you're doing these crazy stunts and stuff to get your skills up. It just never stops. You're always, always doing something. Yeah. And, uh, one thing that like, I don't know what it is about this series in particular, but like when, so when I played like say the Witcher or, um, 
I, I, I don't remember. I know I've said this about another game, but like, pro- Skyrim. yeah, probably Skyrim. I get overwhelmed with like Assassin's indecision. Creed. Like there's just too much stuff to do. And so like, I, I don't want to play them sort of thing. I do not feel that way about this game at all. I have like just straight up from the get go been like, this is my shit. I am fucking like, I am really all about this. And like the one thing that I think this game really gets right is that like it's customizable in so many different ways. Like not only in the way that like you can make the way that your car look the way that you want it to, you can make your person look the way that you want it to. Like, uh, not only the, uh, I will say that I can't have a beard in the game and oh, I'm really? pissed about that. Yeah. I'd, what do you, uh, do you no, have I'm a beard as a female? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, oops. Anyway, no, I can't. Have um, it. yeah. Um, that's weird. That's something that I would not have, uh, know, makes me sad. was a issue. I mean, he- fuck it. Someone prove me wrong. Tell me there's a beard in the game. So I can go after it. You, okay. You talk. Um, but no, like the, like, and not even, so not even like actual customization, but like just the way you want to play. Like there's so much stuff to do that. Like if you want to just go around for your, like, uh, I'm a psychopath. So like, the first thing that I did in the game was I went around and I drove down every road. Well, not every road. There's one that I'm missing and I can't fucking find it. Like (laughs) fucking annoying. But, um, the first thing I do in these games, again, because I'm a psychopath is I find every road and then I go drive down them. Um, and, uh, like after that I went on, like I I did a couple of things, but then I really kind of started being like, well, I kind of want to like get the, the, the billboards or the, you know, whatever you want to call them, the little boards that like are for fast travel and XP. So I went around and I got all of those. And then now like it's, you you don't even have to go that route, but it's like, which events do you want to do? Do you want to do street racing first? Do you want to do off road? Do you want to do like the cross country event? That's kind of a mix between the two. Like, do you want to do, um, do you want to do the little outpost things where like you're, you're battling or like you're racing a fucking train or you're racing like people on jet skis, that sort of thing. Like, what do you want to do? Okay. It's all here for you. Go do it. Like, and that's, that's a really good point too, because that's why I think this game, Oh, also for sure. No beards in the game, but I think this game kind of puts, puts it in, in your hands. You play the way that you want to play it, and they never really, they never tell you how. They're they're just kind of like, here's Mexico, yeah, here's go Mexico, do it, enjoy. Yep, and that's because I enjoy the free roam. I enjoy I can do races whenever I want to. That's fine, but I just love going around the entirety of Mexico and exploring and seeing what I can find. And if I happen to drive up to a race and I want to do it, shit, fuck it. Let's do it right there. You know, we'll have the race and, um, you know, get the experience and get the cash. I personally love racking up wheel spins just to see what I get. Cause I'm a little 
uh, fucking slut for some gambling. I was going to say, you're a little gambling like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a little avid addict, truly. Like, I do, every time I see that wheel spin, it's pause, whatever the fuck I'm doing. Let's go see what Poppy got, um, which has not been good so far, by the way. But uh, the next one's going to be better. I know it will be. Uh, <laughs> so, but but it, it feeds you content, and it lets you just do it. I mean, it says we have this map full of stuff, and you can get to it whenever you want to. And most of the time, you're going to just kind of mm-hmm. stumble upon it. Like you you don't you can do the designated I'm going here, here, here and here and I'm going to find all of these things. I'm going to drive down these roads, find these boards. But if you're just driving out in the open, you can find all the shit that way, too. And that's what I mean, where it kind of just consistently feeds you content without ever stopping. And it's always giving you that mm-hmm. what's next. Even if you're, even if, even if you have no objective, there's still a what's next because something is always happening yeah, in the world. Hundred percent. And, and there's even like, dude, there's so much to talk about with this game. There's even stuff that like, yep, there will be a spoiler cast on. Yeah, this I, I would think so. Um, but there's even things in here that like I don't think I've seen in in other Forza games before, like. Dude, the yeah. wingsuit? Like, what the actual fuck, dude? Or... They, they've made these showcases so yeah, much fun. Yeah, the showcases are ridiculously fucking fun. And, like, they're... Again, they're things that, like, I haven't seen in the other forces before. But, like, it, it, there's, a, like, even little story things. Like... I don't remember Forza ever really having like any of the other horizons ever really having like a story to them or like story related events, if that makes sense. Um, right. But, but this one does like, I, and, and that's, that's just something else that this one has taken and innovated and done that the past four haven't. And, and you're right. And like, I'm, we're starting to see, the, or hear familiar voices from past forces and we're building those relationships and now there's new people coming in too and it's like the sh- i can't get over the showcases dude like the first one you're racing against two motorbikes and then at the end you're racing against someone who's flying alongside yeah. you <laughs> that shit was so goddamn rad um but then later on, as I was, I chose a like you can choose however you want to go in uh, Mexico. Like mine, that one of the next bigger things I did was establishing um, a new base of operations, kind of out in the jungle area, and I was f- racing alongside of a plane, and we were going straight through the middle of a mm-hmm. storm, and then the plane couldn't fly anymore so he lands in the middle of this ruin and then in the midst of the ruins you can do a couple of extra things for bonus points you can take a couple of snapshots find a couple of different places drive to the top of the ruin ultimately find the pilot pick him up and go about the mission like you that's just that hasn't been done yet so they're still finding new stuff to bring to the table in five and i keep myself i keep finding new things to do and it's it's so and good. There's also, I mean, we can we can probably table this the discussion later if we, you know, when we do uh, any sort of like special episode on this. But like one of the things that I um, I definitely um, think I I have enjoyed it really in all the forces, but especially in this one is the, is the attention to to detail with that kind of stuff. Like the. <laughs> Some of it's illogical, 
like uh, there was one uh, XP board that I had to um, jump basically off of a fucking mountain for uh, like to it, it was located on a um, like a power transformer. <laughs> oh, that's the fucking yeah. So, right so like I had to like do some crazy shit, but like just the little like things in this game where like you where they'll put the billboards or whatever you want to call them or like did each one of the cars feels different. Like I, you can tell like a make of a car by like how it drives. Like the, the Ford, like, um, fuck. What is it? Uh, shh. I, I forget the, the name of the car, but like there's this Ford, like, um, like dirt, Ra- like rally type car that I've been using on all of the uh, almost all of the um, the dirt races feels completely different from like the fucking Ferrari s- car that's like of a similar design or like uh, the BMW that's of a different design like they each one of the cars yep. and you can make those cars feel even more like how you yeah, want it to feel uh, like god damn there's just <sighs> And you can take your fucking Ferrari and put an all-wheel drivetrain in it and take it off-road. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Play how you want to. I, Dude, I can talk about this game for a goddamn yeah. decade. The, the, I don't want to say emotional through line, but like the, the through line of all my games that are like in the top probably five game of the year so far for me have all had some sort of like play how you want to sort of thing to them. Um, and this is very quickly, right? Like rising through the ranks. Like I knew it was going to be a game that I loved, uh, just because I've loved every other Forza Horizon, um, including four. Uh, but there's, there's something about this year that I've been gravitating towards games that like let you play how you want to play. And this is very much at the top of the list for me right now. Yeah, it's it's I'm really uh, it's I haven't played a lot of games this year. The ones I have played are really obvious and apparent. Ratchet and Clank was my number one. Dude, this one's tied right now. I just I've spent all day with it. I spent last night with it. (laughs) You spent even more time with it than I have. (laughs) Right. And I don't think there's any end in sight. This is something that is definitely worth your time. Austin, I know we've been going on a lot about it. And even if you're not a fan of racing games, this is just one to try because it's different and it throws you into an environment that we're not mm. accustomed to. And it gives you so much to do, man. Like that. Have you thought about like, I, I know you, I think you have game pass. Like yeah. have you thought about <clears throat> playing it. I have one question. Just one very simple question about this game. Okay. Can I make an anime? Game yeah. Or? Yes, you can download as many anime girl cars as you want to right. anyway, because people are already out there. That was the deter- dope because the game's already downloaded. <laughs> you fucking oh, bastard. <laughs> great. I was actually oh, going to play it while we were recording because I was like, I'm not going to have a lot to say this episode. So I was like, I'm, well, fuck it. Let me play Horizon. But uh, then it was like, oh, you need to update your fucking graphics driver. Oh, shit. So, oh yeah, that did happen with me too. Updated it, um, but yeah, a cool. I'm at least glad you have it downloaded because yeah, I think it's worth everyone's time just to give it a shot because it's stupid fun. Just spend just spend time with it. Yeah, and for sure, it looks really cool. The game has it looks really good. Um, 
It it is, man. Um, pretty- to the point where I know it's, it might be jumping the gun, but it's my pick of the week. I just I think people need to play it. It's just one Ooh, of those yeah. games. Man. I'm I'm right there with well, you. Like fucking. Um, I I think I said it earlier this year when I talked a little bit about Microsoft Flight Simulator. This is going to be one of those games that never leaves my hard drive. Uh, I yep. mean, at least until Ever. like the next Horizon. Right. And to, when six comes out, that's another story. Just real quick, you want to speculate on where it might uh, be? Like how far away it is? Oh, like location. Uh, no. like, gotcha. Like we've done. Um, yeah. I would expect that they would want to do something that is. Uh, uh, similar to like what they've done with the last couple, um, specifically starting with I think three, where it's something with like a a, a bit of like varied location. Um, like I think this one is definitely the most varied, uh, and then probably three, then four, then two. Um, but oh shit. Uh, I mean, maybe they bring it back to America and do like a larger swath of America because the first one is set in Colorado. Um, they could probably right. do something in like California because you've got in California, you know, you've got the desert sort of stuff. Then you've got like the hills of like, you know, Beverly Hills and shit like that. But then you go like even further up north and there's like San Fernando Valley and then you get into San Francisco, which is like very residential, very hilly. Like they could do something like that. Um, or even bring it to like the East coast and do like the, like new England. There we go. I was about to say Northeast. Um, but, uh, do something set in new England. Cause I mean, there's tons of terrain up there. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I, I've, the reason I'm asking is because I was thinking about it myself. Like the UK was beautiful. I loved it. And I was, I wasn't really skeptical on Mexico. I just, you know, in my head, I thought desert. So what else is there going to be? But they blew me away with what there actually was. Um, and it's, it's gorgeous. The only thing I was thinking, like, I don't know what I want to see truly. I think Japan's landscape would be really cool if they tried that. Um, and even something like Greece, I would love to see that. Sure. So those are both great choices. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of options there, but for now, Mexico will do. Mexico will do. Um, cool. Well, uh, with that said, I guess, uh, you already brought it up. Let's get to our picks of the week. Um, Dylan's was Forza Horizon five, uh, again, Yes, it's on, on Game, Game Pass. Pass. Play it. Um, mine is a video from uh, Lady Knight the Brave, um, who I have seen a couple of her uh, videos. Um, let's see. I'm trying to look back and see which ones I've watched. Uh, there's one about Rogue One. There's one about The Haunting of Hill House. Um but she does these really long, like almost hour long dives into like pieces of media. And I think that they're really good and really well put together. And this one is called, you're going to carry that weight. And it is about cowboy bebop, which, um, as a sort of secondary, uh, pick of the week, uh, our episode for cowboy bebop should now be live. 
by the time that you're hearing this uh, for Culture Bop Selects. So go check that out. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a really in depth, really like well thought out uh, breakdown of Cowboy Bebop, and she has a really nice tenor uh, to the way that she speaks. Um, and I think that her videos are pretty good. So go check this one out. Austin pick of the week. Um, my pick of the week is just, uh, if you're into anime and manga, uh, the Shonen jump out, it's super rad. It's either like a dollar or $2 a month. Super cheap. Read all the fucking manga you want. Great. It's really insane. I did not know that it was only two bucks a month. Uh, yeah, I don't even fucking notice it when it comes out. Crazy. Well, that might be actually something that I'd <clears throat> hop on because um, there's definitely some manga that I've been meaning to read for a while now. Yep. Any anything that's ever been uh, circulated in Shonen Jump magazine is is fully there. Very cool. All right. Well. As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Bop family of content. Culture Bop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Bop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Bop, and on the YouTube at Culture Bop. I am available on Twitter at the Bebop Man 182, on Instagram at Bebop Man 182, and on Twitch at the underscore Bebop Man. Dylan is available on Twitter, OMDizzy TV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on the YouTubes at OMDizzy. Austin is available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or at Big Papa Plays. He's on Twitch at Big Papa Plays and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. And finally, if you're looking to support the podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then go to patreon.com slash culture pop and toss us a pledge. We're offering some very, very cool perks. Uh, and once we start hitting our goals, even more content, uh, and dare I say better content will be on the way. Um, and I want to do a special shout out to our, uh, patrons who really kind of make this whole thing, um, possible. And, uh, those patrons are. Justin married out of his league, Ruiz, Shareem Khan, Tani, international Candyman Solomon. Oh my God, Solomon, Jeffrey, supersized the glory holes, scissor toe, uh, Blake Graham, and Lisa Mama Crumkey Long. Thank you guys so much for your um, continued support over here of us. Speaking of Jeffrey, I know he would be oh, no. very upset as the unofficial official lawyer. Have I not mentioned the meat jerk and beef boys beef jerky that this podcast is sponsored by? Also by Doggy Styles Grooming Salon. I hate the both of you so That's much. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, that was fun. That's that's the perfect way to end our show. So. Uh, until next time, goodbye. <laughs>